You're listening to Market Scale Retail. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the opportunity to have a conversation with the co-founder of the High Street Collective, Ed King, and the founder of CloudTags, James Yancey. Gentlemen, how are you today? Great. Happy to be here. Wonderful. First off, let's find out about your individual journeys, let's say starting from college to what brought you here today. Oh my gosh, what a big, big, broad question that is Uh, (laughs) from college to today. Well, uh, I'm a trained graphic designer with a two-year associate's degree, and it got me into this advertising, marketing, human behavior kind of uh, (laughs) world. And from there, went to art director, creative director, my own agency, worked in all kinds of different agencies and different roles. My favorite part of it was the strategic aspect of things where I would be a planner, strategic planner, uh, and really understanding how people behave. I think if I wasn't in this line of work, I might be a psychologist or something because I'm fascinated by the human brain and that's really what drives me. I always say, follow your fascination. And what fascinates me is why people behave the way they do. So I ended up in this this retail consultant kind of innovation-led customer experience-led space uh, by happenstance with all my years of exposure to all kinds of different brands through the agency world. And my business partner, Laura Davis-Taylor, and I started this uh, about a year ago, and uh, we were rocking and rolling. And how about you, James? Um, so I, uh, I had taught school actually in Honduras for a little while during college and was going to do the Peace Corps track, uh, was on the law school track political science and sociology. and uh, But all throughout college, I worked for internet startups because that was really late 90s. And I uh, got involved with what at the time was a really small uh, startup in Atlanta called 360i. And then Google became Google and life became life. And uh, sort of a roller coaster ride. We exited that company uh, 13 years later with 800 people uh, that we built up. Um, and I sort of ran US operations for a couple of years. I went to Europe and open the technology and the agency business there. Uh, And then I started this company five years ago. A lot of the work we did at 360i, late 90s, early 2000s, was around behavioral analytics on websites. And so I believed five years ago, the next chapter was understanding uh, behavioral analytics in the digital and physical world combined. So not just that someone was on a website, but as they're engaging with digital content in a temporal spatial environment, uh, what does that mean? You know, what can we glean from that? And so that really led to the development of cloud tags, which uh, collects lots of different data and physical and digital experiences with no app, sign up, download or registration. I find a very interesting synergy between both of your stories in that you both focus on the psychological aspect of the retail experience. Mm-hmm. Ed, tell me a little bit about how technology is allowing you through the collection of all this data to reinforce that sort of emotional connection with the customers. There's always a need and a place for technology. And I think in this, in this time of uh, what they call the retail apocalypse, where everybody's kind of struggling and, and seeing if they're going to survive, it's important to keep in mind that we're still dealing with human beings. And human beings uh, like to talk to other human beings and like to go places and like to have these what we call you know spatial experiences 
So yeah, Amazon's doing a great job of, of removing the friction from online purchasing and all that. But really when it comes down to it, most people still want a physical, visceral, brick and mortar experience because it's a good destination to go to. It's they, they want to light up their brain in more ways than, than just looking at a screen. So yes, tech is, is hugely important when it comes to retail, but it has its place. And unless the technology enhances what it is to be human, then all it is is a shiny object. And that shininess is something that has to be used very delicately because it can be used to attract, but it can also be used to distract the customer from the overall experience. James, tell me about the approach you take with cloud tags. What's the standard interaction that a customer would have? Yeah, so the the big thing that we do that's unique is typically in the best examples when you go to a mall, if you go to a mall and you go into eight stores, let's say in a single visit, um, I'll tell you what people don't do is they don't walk into eight stores and download eight apps and sign up for eight accounts to do a digital experience, right? And we've taken we've taken probably you know, 12 to 15 years now <laughs> to realize that there's just no hope of that being a future reality. Um, and so, so basically, we cut through all of that, and we actually allow the customer to simply go to a domain. So they do have to, in their own phone, uh, you know, get, navigate to a, a domain uh, for an in-store experience. And once they're on that domain, just like visiting a website, uh, the difference is that we actually use sound. So um, the easiest way to explain what we do is when you go to a website, um, sometimes it automatically plays music. Um, we basically do the same thing with ultrasonic sound. So you go to a domain. Your phone is emitting a high-pitched frequency sound that you can't hear, um, and we can hear it, which allows us to know if you're in a certain section. So you could uh, walk into the gene section, and just by being on that domain, we don't have your email address. We don't have to force you to download an app. Just by being on that domain, we can then trigger relevant experiences and content. And the second thing we can do is we can, uh, if, if you're a Mac user or an Apple user, you're very familiar with the feature called AirDrop where things can just basically sort of appear between two devices and exchange data and uh, content. So we can do the same thing between a staff application and a customer application. So staff builds a list, and then they would normally email it to you, which you can do still. Um, but a lot of customers don't necessarily always want to give their email. And so same thing using sound just in proximity, that list that the staff creates can just show up on your phone. So it's always opt-in. There's nothing secret. The customer knows by going to a website, you know, they're going to get in-store experience, but they don't have to give their personal data uh, in terms of their email address or download an app to make that happen. And you bring up a very important point. You know, we're becoming more and more cautious about giving out our email addresses or our phone numbers, but the ability to contextualize where I am. Oh, I'm near the jeans or I'm near the hats. That's very important in helping tailor my experience. Ed, how does having access to that information influence the way that you approach it from a design aspect? It's becoming more uh, appealing to consumers and shoppers. And, and I got to say, you know, we've done studies on shoppers and their use of mobile devices inside the store. And even just a couple of years ago, most most shoppers would use mobile devices to showroom where they would go to a physical space, find a product that they want, touch it, feel it, try it on, and then go to Amazon on their mobile device and buy it. Uh, that's really not the case anymore. Shoppers are becoming much more comfortable using their mobile device. In fact, a lot of customers 
see their mobile device as a, as an an additional limb, right? So it's very personal. It's very very much a part of them, and they really have been historically uh, wanting to not have the retailer look at anything personally on their phone. That's beginning to change. You know, Target, Starbucks, even Walmart are now getting into the point where they're arming the shopper with apps on their mobile device to enhance the shopping experience, to scan codes, to get special pricing, uh, almost gamifying the shopping experience inside the store, which I think is great. But, you know, the reason I love James's, you know, cloud tag technology is it doesn't require you to even download an app because unless your name is Target or Starbucks or Walmart, you're not going to download an app. Uh, this this kind of is evens the playing field for all retailers that, heck, you don't even need to do it. And and with, you know, Apple's new uh, ability to read QR codes right in the camera app and launch a, a website, you don't even have to type in a URL. You can just literally aim your camera app at at a QR code and it can launch the website right there on your on your mobile device and it doesn't necessarily require you to to sign in. So the whole idea where shoppers are now becoming much more comfortable using that mobile device during the shopping trip and enhancing their experience it, the time is now. We're at a very interesting time where e-commerce is more and more becoming the way of the retail world, and yet some of the more forward-thinking e-commerce companies are actually building physical sites, even if they're just a pop-up. James, you have an interesting perspective as someone who has a foot on both sides of that divide. How do you feel about that strategy? Uh, well, so one of our clients in Europe is called Made, M-A-D-E dot com, Made dot com. Um, they're very sort of bleeding edge in a lot of things they do. And uh, so we operate with them in a number of existing stores, but we also power a series of pop-ups. And what Made is just one example, and we've seen this consistently with other clients, but we've published some case study data with them. Um, when Made goes into a smaller community, like outside of London or you know outside of Manchester, and they go to smaller smaller towns in London, and they do a pop up for thirty or sixty days, which is really interesting. Yes, they drive sales in the pop up, but the sales online for that market go up really consistently and significantly. And so there, there's something about uh, having experiences that just make brands come to life and feel real. So, of course, you can advertise online and you can advertise in magazines and different things. But there's something about even if they don't actually go to your pop-up, if they actually know that you have a space there and they walk by it and they see the logo, it definitely affects buying behavior and psychology. So part of it is, uh, you know, increasingly just going and having an experience. So, again, we don't, from a data and tracking standpoint, we don't care, uh, you know, if the customer buys in that pop-up, the limited selection. Um, most often the pop-up is the impetus of an experience where they're more aware of the brand, they felt something, they talked to a sales associate, they understand the story of the brand now, it's in their mind. And then they might purchase online for the first time, it might be six months later, it might be three months later. But we can track back, uh, again, if they go to that domain and have any kind of digital experience in the pop-up, even if they didn't purchase, even if they didn't give an email, we can still say, oh, this, this customer six months later is their first time purchasing something. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So they did some sort of content experience in our pop-up. We know there's value there. So for the first time, we're able to make that link between conversion and experience in a pop-up, not necessarily they bought a product in the pop-up itself. So there's a lot of different types of value creation. It feels as if we're going through a seismic shift 
in the retail space. Ed, with the change in this aggregation of data, do you think we're seeing a major psychological change in the relationship between retailers and customers? Well, no question. I mean, I think retail historically has been about them and about the products, right? So, you know, if they if we build it, they will come. And that's no longer the case. They don't have to come, right? Shoppers don't have to get off the couch these days to really get anything they want. So it's important to, to build an experience that makes you want to come and shop your store because you don't have to come and shop the store anymore. So it's really that the shift is that customers are now in control. And, you know, you think about today's customer, right? People talk about millennials and changing behaviors, but we, it's, it's beyond millennials. It's everybody. And, you know, we coined a term called ACES, A-C-E-S, and it stands for Addictively Connected Experience Seekers, because we all are addictively connected to our devices, to, to peer reviews, to all the things that technology and the internet has enabled for us, all the, the conveniences. But we have not abandoned our desire to have these, these fantastic experiences. In fact, the, the studies suggest 70%, 70% of millennials, when given the choice of shopping between brick and mortar and online, prefer brick and mortar. And even more surprising, 77% of Generation Z, the one after them, the ones that are turning 18, 19, 20 right now, 77% of them prefer brick and mortar. It's because these these generations were raised on touching glass, and I think they 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 additionally want these visceral experience. I mean, this is why vinyl albums are coming back, why fountain pens are coming back, why all these tactile mechanical things are are popular with with the younger generations because they want all the conveniences that technology enables them, but they also want the physical visceral things, right? So, brick and mortar isn't dead boring brick and mortar is dead. So the more you can add kind of a, a touch of Disney or a touch of gamification or a touch of tactile or sensory experiences inside your store, the more prone uh, shoppers will be to come visit. That's an excellent point that you bring up. Let's take a moment and look towards the future as you are obviously both thought leaders in the industry. James, is there something that you see coming down the road, maybe in the next year or so, that really has caught your attention? Uh, I think they're going to have a lot of innovation in the, the sort of still the holy grail, if you will, has been self-directed experiences. And what that means is there's still, you know, we're still in sort of a 1.0 version, which is customer comes in the store and the staff talks to them, and then they've got to guide them in a certain direction. Certain brands will always do it that way, but many of them are aspiring to have People assisting at a low level, but the, the customers to start to be able to have uh, you know their own own experiences, meaning they can interact with content, they can explore product, and that's a higher level of complexity. Anytime that you're actually having a customer come in and starting to guide and direct themselves, and the content's good enough, and it's captivating enough, and it's clear enough. So I think it's uh, you know I I think we will in the next three years see a version of beacons come back that will finally be open. If you remember, we were talking about beacons a few years ago and it was going to be the next big thing. And then of course we ran in the same wall we've always run into, which is they all required an app and settings on your phone. I think in the next three years, we're going to get over that, which means it'll be somehow native in your browser. Um, and so a lot of these retailers have already invested in millions and millions and millions of beacons that are in their stores, but 
you know, we're talking about one or 2% of customers that have the app that open it to do an experience. And so um, self-direction uh, and self-checkout, obviously Amazon's leading the way with their, you know, recent open of, of their grocery store. So self-direction, self-checkout is still going to be a primary impetus because um, these retailers are still trying to cut costs, right? And they're still trying to cut costs and they're still trying to captivate. Um, and to do that, they have to change the role of the associate to be retrieving data, to be assisting the customer, to have the, the customer sort of directing their experience in a lot of ways. So I would say uh, beacons are going to come back in some form in a much greater usable extent that will be appless in some form, and that's going to change a lot. That's going to help to aid the self-direction on a much more uh, ubiquitous scale. And then self-checkout, you know, meaning the ability for you to pick up your items and walk out without ever having to talk to someone. I think those are kind of, if you say three-year horizon, I think those are the things we'll actually get good at uh, to some level. And Ed, as you look out into the future, what do you see? Yeah, I think, you know, similar to what James said in, in the sense of sales associates uh, are going to be continued to be armed with these great technology tools like cloud tags that enables them to, to deliver a highly curated, highly personalized experience to their customers. And I think that's that's where customers' expectations are continuing to rise because they're taking input from all areas of life and applying it to to everything, including retail. So it's now the you know the anticipatory economy where when I walk in a place, it, it'll soon be be the place where I'm assuming they know who I am. I'm assuming they know my likes and preferences. I'm assuming they know what I bought here last time. And you know, cloud tags is is one technology that enables that. But we talk about you know, wh where we're going. And I think where we're going is the age of intimacy, where we have these personalized experiences. And like I said, it's it's no longer about the technology. It's about the experience you get. And instead of retail being the destination for people to go to, you know, we're pretty plugged in with developers. And we're hearing a lot of new things that are coming down the pike that are not retail first, they're experience first, and they're building retail and restaurant around the experience. So I think that's where we're going for as far as these physical places that that people are going to going to want to go to are not going to be just, you know, the old the old retail. I'm I'm going to go to Sears, I'm going to go to Kmart. No, they're going to this this bespoke you know, really cool awesome experience and there happens to be things there to buy. And I think that's where pop-up comes up. You know, there's a Glade pop-up which was fantastic a couple of years ago. There's the ice cream museum which is so cool. It's so interactive. It's so immersive. Uh, but it's all based on going there for a fun event. And you can just, you happen to be able to buy stuff while you're there. And I agree. I believe that the bespoke experience is definitely the direction that we're headed in. I'm going to also look into the future and make a prediction. I believe you will both attend DSE. <laughs> going out on a limb there. Today, I've had the opportunity to speak with Ed King, the co-founder of High Street Collective, and James Yancey, the founder of Cloud Tags. Gentlemen, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.